Hello. Can the minister confirm? Hello. Milk. Milk. Oh God, I didn't mean to put that um on. Jesus, how do I turn that off? Right. <laughs> oh, you can see see the good ah, doctor. Oh. Anyway, yeah, uh, don't stop recording just yet. Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives, I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course, we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any you dissent. What's well, we know who the hard left are in the you know ascendancy within the, within the Labour Party who associate with the hard. You just said that we were right to right wing, hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, hard left wing position, hard left, the 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 hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, 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 like two minutes and make a cup of tea myself. Okay, yeah, no problem. No worries. I mean, obviously use this pre-podcast uh, you know, uh, pre -podcast material for a little preview if you want, but give us two minutes. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Uh, yeah, you got you got to have the tea for the podcast. Have um, you, right. Have you got tea? Uh, I've got a cold drink because I'm weird because it's fucking cold here, so I don't know why I've done that. What cold drink have you got? I've got a nice refreshing Pepsi Cola. Ah, well, fair enough. I was wondering if, if you were on the cans in anticipation of, of, of a Labour victory, perhaps. I've got extra milk in for tomorrow. I love, I'm actually <laughs> going to be about tomorrow evening. <laughs> I, need to, I need to be ready to, to pour one out for a titan of the game who stayed around too long. <laughs> Just all of us drinking milk tomorrow. Just swilling it down. Yeah, I'm at, I think Desso might be going, actually. So you'll actually have oh. two real politic people that aren't just you and Tom Foster in, in the same place at the same time. Oh, Amazing. that's incredible, man. Yeah, you need to definitely, like you and Disso, like record a little voice note on one of your phones. Like, it's, yeah, it's that, right like, and Disso. A live, a live broadcast. Well, not live, but send it out. Yeah, yeah, totally. So. That's good, yeah. Anyway, I just want to say, like, I've just got back in and I've just received about six piece of election correspondence including one from the SDP so Ooh. you know oh my god right I I'll stop playing guitar when we start actually doing the episode just um... oh, so I don't know my guitar sort of just weird musical accompaniment <laughs> just like, like adding to the fireside chats kind of yeah, kind of a slightly different vibe, but the same sort of uh, thing as like the the music that Sam Tarry put in the background of his Gapes video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> just like funny, silly gay man music. Yeah. No, I mean, it briefly happened in, I think it was the Eric Idler. No, it was the outtakes from the Gape Fear episode that I ended up using at the start of the Eric Idle episode, where you can hear me just noodling away while you're talking. <laughs> but the thing is, I think I completely... I, I don't think I even clocked that you were doing that at the time. Whatever I was fucking saying, I was wrapped up in it. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, sorry, I was just bumping around my guitar while you were doing that. The thing is, I didn't even... <laughs> I did it just completely subconsciously. <laughs> I just picked it up, but it was right, right next to me. I was just like... Yeah! <laughs> a live podcasting score is definitely like a bold new thing. Could do, <laughs> could do it proper like, like Neil Young's soundtrack for Dead Man, so, it, so it's just like... Just throughout the whole podcast, just like... <laughs> you could probably embrace the idea of the, the, the whole wrestling takeover, give everyone entrance themes. Just... <laughs> 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 just like yeah, well, just like the kind of cock rock wrestling stuff. Just like yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah, I don't I don't really play that kind of like technically good guitar playing, but yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely a it's a it's a, um it's a direction. So Mike Gapes is now kicking off because Parliament hadn't agreed with Change UK, and if they had, we wouldn't be having the December election. He's suddenly, suddenly, the night before the election, he's he's remembered how upsetting it is that there is an election on, and that he's going to lose everything. <laughs> he's got the fear. <laughs> I like if, if Parliament hadn't agreed with like Change UK's, don't know how many there are, four remaining MPs. Then is it like, three? I think. Yeah. Obviously, I'm such a big fan of Change UK. I sometimes exaggerate their influence, but you know, <laughs> it's hard to avoid that. Anyway, so they've got five, but there's actually only three standing. Yeah. Ah, right, yeah. So my favourite thing, actually, about the Change UK, the independent group, slash the independent split, is that now... So originally, if you looked at the independence website, um, I had a section that was called, I think, People. And now there's only Gavin Chuka left because John Woodcock has defected to mainstream the fight against... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. ...called... Sponsored, sponsored by Ian Austin and, and my good friend Norman Lamb. They've <laughs> like, had to remove the people section, so it doesn't have that people section anymore. They've like, they've had because it's only it would have to be called person. person. But yeah, <laughs> they've realised would actually be misselling it if they were continuing to brand it as people. Anyway, that's my favourite thing so far about the split. I guess the whole thing really, you could look at it like it's, it's ten months now, and the whole thing's just been a long, slow tale of like Gavin Shuka losing all his mates one at a time. <laughs> Should we like introduce this little episode then? Yeah, so we want to get in as much shit talking as possible in a short space of time here yeah. because I want to edit this overnight. Geraint, why don't you introduce this one? Great, okay. No, just hang on. <laughs> uh, Dan, we've got a running joke about how we're doing a live score now. Uh, don't worry, I was in on that already, don't worry. Yeah. Oh, good, you, you heard it, excellent. Alright, so welcome to a, a very special brief episode of Real Politic. This is the last one we will be doing before the election. It may come out at some point on polling day. If it doesn't, this might seem a bit da- sound a bit daft. Um, so I'm Geraint at Waluigi Tifo on Twitter. I'm joined as usual by Mr. Jack Frayne-Reed at Gapesology. Hello, good to be here. 
And uh, we are finally joined as well by a long-term friend of the show, uh, Mr. Daniel Howden, who's current at, uh, there have been many, is Daniel Howden, which Hello. is with an O. Yeah, damn. not car parks. <laughs> not car parks. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it does feel like I feel, I've been now finally introduced by hearing that uh, that wonderful chant. Yeah, good, thank you. <laughs> the man who banished Richard Angel to yeah. a different continent. Is and... it Angel? Because you said that last time. Yeah. I swear it's Angel. I don't know. I genuinely have no interest in actually like watching him ever appear on anything where someone might introduce him and I might learn. So I'm just guessing, really. For quite a long time, I refused to learn how uh, Michael Duggar was pronounced because of the potential pronunciations. I thought it's it's a doofer, Duggar, the doof. I don't know. Is yeah? I used to call him Richard Angel because I thought that was correct. But from now on, it's Richard Ankel from for me. Uh, Michael Duggar, Duga, whatever fuck. He was the other day, of course, he's got a new job now. He's no longer a lobbyist for the music industry. He's now a lobbyist for the gambling lobby. He was like sharing some posts by the toad Andrew Rawnsley, some observer piece about, and, and Duggar was giving it the big one like, oh, everyone who's fought for Corbyn the last few years will be to blame when there's a terrible defeat. And it's like, mate, what the fuck have you done? Like, just blow smoke up gambling companies' asses. Like, there was that one Shed 7 gig he went to with the tour, so, you know, he's, uh, he's been entirely absent without leave. Uh. He bridged the bipartisan divide yeah. that yeah. night. He's a man who knows so much about running elections that he, you know, he, he helped Andy Burnham to power. <laughs> well, the funny thing was Andy Burnham liked a tweet recently where someone was like, think about yes. it, Andy Burnham could be leader now if he hadn't listened to Michael Duggar. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, we should have a couple of endorsements in this episode as well, of Labour, that is. Mm. So, firstly, beloved rock band Crazy Moose have endorsed the Labour Party for this election, breaking their election time hiatus with a recording of the famous song, Oh, Jeremy Corbyn, music, Jack White, lyrics, traditional. And furthermore, real politic host Tom Foster, who due to work commitments has not been able to host many episodes of the show recently, but has contributed, of course, to our Joker episode and to our bold scoop on Joe Swinson and Squirrel Gate. Soon it became clear that they really were doing stuff with squirrels. Tom has got a voice endorsement of Labour for us, which we can listen to now. And now... A State of the Nation speech from Longtime Associate of the Real Politic Podcast. Um. There is an old adage neither Washington nor Moscow. Neither cows in the south nor cows in the north. In this time of national crisis, this country is in a very dangerous place. And it is time that all One Nation Conservatives and Liberals stop the extremism. Stop fucking around and vote Labour for fuck's sake. 
and extremely popular YouTuber Lily at Moth Cub. Sorry, she's actually on Twitter at Cub Moth. She'd also have a typically iconoclastic endorsement of the Labour Party to insert into this episode. Twelve years ago, Jeremy Corbyn saved my life. I was involved in a house fire, and uh, all I can remember is waking up as I'm being carried out of the front door by this um, by this man, um, this this thick buff man. Um, I guess he'd lost his shirt in the flames, but he was, you know, rippling with with muscles. Um, his um, he was sweating with the heat of the fire, and um, and as we emerged from the building, it um, exploded. There was a huge explosion behind us, just as I was coming to, and um, I can ne- I, I can never forget my thoughts at that moment, which were just, oh my God, what an incredible prime minister this man would be! What a what a thick king! Wow. Um, and funnily enough, I was pretty much unharmed. I just had- I ended up with, uh, one little burn, one little scar in the shape of- almost in the shape of a flower, you know? Like a little rose on my shoulder. And for that reason, I really urge you today to vote Labour. Um, and God, may we all be held in Jeremy Corbyn's thick, gorgeous arms. Thank you. (sighs) So, again, thank you for that, Comrade Lily, and of course, Comrade Tom, and Comrades Crazy Moose. So, it's the night before polling day. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's correct. It's... uh... (laughs) Certainly feels like it. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like actually hosting this show, but how would both of you feel about the prospect for the Labour Party for tomorrow? We can edit this out. It's fine. But, uh... <laughs> I feel, I, you know, I feel kind of optimistic. Like, I mean, I'm I don't fully understand figures or any of that number stuff, but from what I understand, the MRP predictions that YouGov came out with was very similar to YouGov's prediction of a result of the last election. Is that right? So, um, the YouGov, it's a bit of a strange one, really, because the YouGov poll last time was updated on a daily basis for, as I recall, about 12, 14 days before. So every single day there was a sort of individual update based on a kind of rolling seven-day set of interviews, which hasn't happened this time, Mm. which I think has sort of provoked a few questions in the minds of people, you know, who've been, I guess, trying to kind of pay attention to this with, I don't want to sound arrogant here, with this, like statistical background that, you know, the fact that if you've got um, two weeks worth of polls, etc., and you can choose the date on which you release the poll, then you've got a little bit of internal information about how that's going to look. The fact that they've been able to choose when they release that information is perhaps a little bit informative about what they think is going to happen. I don't know. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to know what's going on in the minds of the people who work for YouGov. But, I mean, I think I can suppose a shorter answer to that is to say it's looking a bit more pessimistic, I would say, than last time. So the final poll that YouGov released, again, I'm doing this from memory last time, was of a hung parliament already rather than the 28 majority we had last night. So it's a little bit more pessimistic. But I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's definitely things you can read into 
the numbers that we've seen that give a bit of cause for optimism. I mean, when I saw that last night, I was sort of hoping slash expecting something in the region of about 330 Tory seats. See, 339 was the estimate. A little bit more pessimistic, but I, I don't know. I mean, my sort of central forecast would still be, I still don't think the Tories are going to get a majority, which, again, might be famous last words. But... Well, you were talking about cause for optimism, and there was yeah. that story that came out today in publication of record, The Australian, which said... Shock I'm not pro- these days, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> Shock private polling for the Conservative Party shows a Labour coalition forming government is mm. now a major risk, in quote marks, a day before Britain's general election. The Tory lead has shrunk in the past week. One pollster had them just six points ahead on Tuesday, which could leave Britain with another hung parliament. The dramatic turnaround in Tory fortunes leaves Prime Minister Boris Johnson fighting to hold his seat. So, I mean, I'm optimistic about that. I mean, I think, really, if Boris Johnson wasn't Prime Minister and he was just another cunt Tory MP without the kind of celebrity value of being PM, then I think Labour would definitely be steaming ahead of him in Uxbridge. But, yeah, obviously, very special circumstances when you've got the leader of the country in your seat. But it would be great if he did lose. It would be great if Joe Swinson lost. And I'll tell you, honestly... I will love it if we beat them. Love it. And yeah, it's great to hear that the Tories themselves are getting a bit shook. And, you know, let's pray that some of them are puking up in buckets in CCHQ (laughs) tomorrow come 10pm. Oh yeah, I completely agree with that analysis, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I think the great analysis there from both of you, but ultimately what I'm... Thank you, you, Grant. What I'm going to... Mainly Dan, but I've got to make sure I get... (laughs) on the show but ultimately I, I, i'm all in for the the centrist telephone guy yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 i've always had a lot of respect for him always rated him yeah centrist telephone i mean i i really like to know who he is but basically he's kind of like i don't know one thing i've quite enjoyed about this election and the sort of few months beforehand is how paul prop is now like an insult <laughs> yes because i mean i think in, in a decent world he would be a paul prop but unfortunately, he's not. He's stuck with his sub-Paul Prof status, which he does not deserve. But it's, it's quite instructive, really, that, you know, the various... I mean, I, I don't... Obviously, I don't want to... Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to name anyone in particular, but there are you know, various esteemed Paul Profs on Twitter. Who, Do some of them say have Paul Prof in their bio? I mean, I, I couldn't possibly comment on that. Um, <laughs> Do they have a good sense of humour? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they've got this, this, there's a lot of uh, GSOH among the uh, among the, uh, the, the the Paul Profs on Twitter. But I mean, it, it's, um, as I think, um, you know, again, I'm sure uh, I don't want to, I'm not, obviously not part of the show, but I think friend of the show, Simon K underscore 133, has said quite a few times that it's, again, it's, it's very damning. I, I'm going to use the word damning about the sort of Paul Prof industry. Um, you say industry, I say racket. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, I couldn't possibly comment that none of the poll profs have really engaged with, I think, quite good points that people like. Oh, is it Twitter user centrist underscore phone have made? Uh, is, that, is, is that is that there? Centrist underscore phone? I'm just checking now. It's, Dr. Yeah, Mod- it is. Do- Dr. Moderate at centrist <laughs> underscore phone. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, it's quite interesting, really, that the more insight or at least points of interest regarding polling for this election have come from people like Twitter user at centrist underscore phone rather than let's say people whose job is to you know be a professor of politics on like 80 grand a year I mean I don't, I don't know maybe set maybe at centrist phone is Matt Goodwin's all I don't know uh, <laughs> uh, it can't maybe, make him eat a Twitter account 
hypothesis is his kind of penance for the sort of horrendous crimes he's done in recent years. But <laughs> it's quite interesting, really, that there's been these sort of organic, I guess, Twitter accounts that have made quite interesting points. And again, I mean, obviously, you know, Twitter is like anyone could start an account and say anything they like. But I mean, I think that the points that Twitter user are centrist underscore phone have made have been quite interesting you know the sort of idea that maybe they're the sort of adjustment for referendum vote have been inaccurate that maybe the youth turnout stuff is not being as accurate as you might kind of hope or expect again the, these points have as far as i can see kind of gone unanswered by all of the poll prop legends on twitter well, I don't know much about this, you know, this is for, 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 for a Workington man like me, this is all a bit kind of <laughs> academic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what I will say is, what is it you say, Dan? Uh, communism will win uh, yeah. and we're all going to be okay or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was good, but, uh, you know, was, uh, I saw that was, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't even look at Twitter these days after my exile, but uh, <laughs> a couple of unfortunate comments I made, so... Uh, let's not get into that too much but uh, no it's actually uh, communism is inevitable and everything's going to be alright that's the correct mantra but yeah it was nice to see a, a mention for that from Garant on Twitter earlier today again not that I look at it too much yeah yeah I put my list of endorsed polling yeah. outlets while I was doing mine again I think it's, it is worth on a serious note not that uh, any of this isn't serious there's, I think there's been a, a few sort of obviously art centrist underscore phone has, uh, has made a lot of good points but what's his name? Doug Johnson Hatlam on Twitter has seemingly got quite a sort of interesting model. So again, someone who's not a poll prof, someone who's at DJ John Sewell on Twitter. <laughs> again, is <laughs> the first line of his bio is minimised US person. But I think he's got quite interesting sort of model about this again, which is a lot more interesting than anything that any of the various poll profs have put on Twitter. So again, I think, you know, you've got at centrist underscore phone, you've got Doug Johnson Hatlam on Twitter. And again, I think it's at art three, two, six polls on Twitter who've been doing some quite interesting stuff at three, two, six polls. That's not um, the road to... No, no, no. It's, oh, no, no. It's, not, it's, not that, it's not that awful... A journalist, uh, the guy, one of the guys whose brains was, was broken by 2017, and specifically yeah. a run-in with real politics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the, it happens to all the best. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, our three two six polls on Twitter has had quite an interesting account, and they basically predicted the YouGov MRP fairly precisely both times. Again, like in advance, without having their data. So. I think there's a couple of Twitter accounts that might be worth having a look at tomorrow if you're one of these people who are interested in forecasting things two minutes before the votes are announced. But yeah, I mean, again, as I say, it's sort of interesting that the most insightful stuff hasn't really come from the poll props on Twitter. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if these other accounts are vindicated, really, in what yeah, happens. Yeah, Fucking vindicated, as, as they <laughs> say on this show. Insert song here. Fucking vindicated, I was right about you. And people said you was cool, it was too good to be true. You're bad, by which I mean you're the shittiest dude. You're worse for the earth than a barrel crude. When I first saw you, I got a bad vibe. But at others' behest, I put it to the side. You come up like a cop who works for the police. Talking more inane shit than a gaggle of geese. Fucking vindicated. Fucking vindicated. I feel so elated to be fucking vindicated. 
So, I mean, I feel like the poll talk is necessary, but not necessarily yeah, the true. thing that yeah. we need to inspire people yeah. and, you know, yeah. get them out, getting out the vote tomorrow and other repetitive sentences. Yeah. I think if there's one thing we can say about the polls, which might be sort of, I mean, it's hard to sort of be inspired by numbers as a... Uh, yeah. As, oh. But, I mean, if we look at the... Um, 420. Again, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair, I'm not voting Lib Dem, so maybe it's not yeah, the most inspiring number. If we look at the Comrades poll that came out tonight, which is a very close-run thing, and in fact, if you look at the unweighted numbers, and I know that, again, I can already hear the Paul Pop legend screaming down my neck uh, <laughs> about how actually weighting's done for a good reason. It is quite mm-hmm. close already, if you look at that Comrades poll. I think it has some, like, 655 Conservative voters, supposed to 643. Labour yeah. vote, which is fairly well in line with what happened last time. And again, as a few people have pointed out on Twitter, that again, not that I look at it too much, that Labour's kind of bored in terms of like uniform swing, etc. is actually a bit easier this time. If they're achieving anything like parity with the Conservatives in number of votes, it's not going to be exactly parity, but if they're like even fairly close behind, I think they'll be doing a lot better in terms of seats than they did last time. So, you know, um, again, I mean, if, if we can be inspired by numbers at all, there are some kind of causes for optimism there. Similarly, in terms of the Hugo poll, that you know, the sort of direction of change is going very much in the right direction, and it can be inspired by numbers. There are some sort of causes for optimism, if not inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. What do you make of this time around Labour's policies on both care and <laughs> car parks? Have I mean, they covered both of those areas comprehensively? Do you feel? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, there's various bizarre people who are somehow employed by, I don't know if it's a Guardian or the Observer, who've got terrible beards on Twitter, who <laughs> still seem to be kind of keeping the flag flying from uh, Richard Ankel or whatever he's called, who still find the idea of parking in a hospital um, free of charge and that being validated to be, you know, absolutely vile and beyond the pale. I think that the idea of having free hospital parking is a good idea. And also this policy of like having an NHS on the care side of things is also a good idea. So I think that both care and car parks policies of the Labour Party are to be endorsed, I would say, yeah. <laughs> the whole sort of anti-universalist argument that Richard Angel was leaning into in 2017, of course we have unfortunately seen a return of that because i guess it is just yeah, kind um, of it's going to be a fixture of discourse in a neoliberal society so again i mean i kind of reactivated my ask daniel howden twitter account my only twitter account during the ucu strike of late just to kind of talk about that and a day later because i'm sort of cursed by this absolute bollocks immediately <laughs> had peter walker from the guardian oh. talking about it <laughs> every month or two he does the same thing yeah, and I mean, he's got this sort of way about him as he, he presents it as him being a kind of car parking nerd. Where, like, you know, when it's like... He just oh, fucking loves parking cars, yeah, like, man. Uh, of like, he hates cars, yeah, he loves yeah. parking them. <laughs> because then they're not on the roads, then they're, yeah. they're out of action. If they're parked, then you don't have to worry about them. It's this kind of like weird aesthetic where he's some sort of spod when it comes to car parking. He presents a like pointy-headed, kind of like ivory-towered genius when it comes to car parks. <laughs> I just don't understand any of it. It's really weird. And again, on my previous Daniel Howden account, I did engage him on this. And he actually admitted to me, oh, no, actually, fair points. 
But no, I mean, no, he's back again with the same old absolute bollocks. It's uh, it just can't be cut. He just he just won't give it up. He, he's still as long as for as long as he can maintain this image as some sort of pointy-headed, ivory-towered genius when it comes to car park, he's never going to let it go. I don't really know what to say. It's bizarre. And again, it's not even about universalism because we aren't saying you know anyone who wants to can park in a car park. It's like anyone who who is ill or who has to visit a sick relative in hospital. I tell you what, let's not make their lives worse by charging them to park in a hospital car park. Let's kind of validate that. It's just going to be giving people free reign, man. First you let yeah. them park in the hospital car park, yeah. then they'll just be like parking up on the curb and parking <laughs> in disabled spaces, you know, just all kinds of... Is that what you want? This is the precedent that electing Prime Minister Jeremy Corbyn would set. Yeah. Uh... He would allow the Labour activists, momentum activists rather, to be bust all around the country to hang around in hospital car parks and heckle Tory ministers. It, it would be just like George Orwell's 1984. <laughs> yeah. Right, well done for bringing that up. We should talk about that because you know, I think we need some fighting words. But what the fuck well, was that? <laughs> I'm wondering if we've got an eyewitness account here. Yeah, well, I, mean, I do actually work in the building which adjoins LGI. Leaves, uh, wow. Sorry. So again, a highlight actually of Laura Coonsberg's big night on Twitter that night was that she originally tweeted something like, you know, I'm reliably informed by senior Tory source, two senior Tory, whatever it was, I don't know. It Dominic- was two, yeah. Two, two fucking liars, <laughs> rather than just uh, one. Matt Hancock's senior advisor has been punched to death outside uh, <laughs> Leeds Hospital. It said Leeds Hospital first. And then, you know, deleted that. And our people obviously kind of looked at that and thought, well, she's realised that actually what you shouldn't necessarily do is trust Dominic Cummings and his brother, you know, on... Um, Dominic Cummings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on something they just said. But no, it actually turned out the reason why she deleted it wasn't because it was obviously bollocks. I'd say, you know, anyone who was looking at it could see. It was because she'd got the name Leeds Hospital wrong. It's actually... <laughs> Leeds General Infirmary. So, yeah, anyway, that was a good highlight of her big night on Twitter was that she deleted it, not because it was obviously a fundamental inaccuracy in the story. It was like, let's get the name of that hospital right. Anyway, as I say, I do actually work in the adjoining building to LGI, and I walked past a bit later that night to see, for instance, ITN vans blocking a pavement, so there were actually disabled people who couldn't get past the hospital that night because the ITN vans were blocking it. That was... Uh, yeah, it was a, a nice touch, obviously, from the wonderful people who staff our media. No one tells them what to think. No one tells yeah. them where to move. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Just like, we'll park wherever the fuck we want, man. Yeah, yeah. free parking here, that's fine. You can park outside a car park, but if you've got like, an urgent appointment, you, if you want to get to A&E quickly, sorry, there's actually a £50 penalty charge for that, and Richard Angel's here to provide you with it. <laughs> Yeah. And Peter Walker's over, like standing over him, going, "Yeah, that's, that's great." I'm sure, James Ball somewhere as well, just jeering oh. from the sidelines. Too fucking much of a little bully's accomplice to actually get yeah. involved himself. Yeah. So, so that was weird. It was a whole fake news thing, like wasn't it? So Boris Johnson pulled out of an appearance to the hospital. And then he, as usual, sent his fucking goons, again, not to be confused with the allegedly violent street gang, the Gape goons, along to clean up the issue for him. And then, allegedly, according to Laura Koonsberg and her two Tory sources, Matt Hancock said goons advisor, so Matt Hancock's goon, was allegedly punched 
But then a video was shortly thereafter released, which showed that, no, he was not punched. He walked into someone's arm. Yeah, not even at pace or anything. And again, it wasn't even like the bloke was actually looking at it. He was completely looking in the opposite direction and happened to have his arm outstretched. And he kind of walked into it. Oh, because oh, if, if you'd seen him coming, Ben Thatcher, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as Garine alluded to at the start, Laura Koonsberg also claimed that Labour, or, you know, someone in Labour, uh, Seamus Mill, the spokesman for the leader of the opposition, Mr Seamus Mill, was paying Labour activists cab fares to go off and Ooh. protest the hospital. Just like Seamus just yeah. handing out big wads of banknotes to people to go and beat yeah. up Tories. I do think that's a sort of something that's been kind of overlooked in the whole thing that, you know, that sort of, I think Robert Peston said the same thing as well. It was like, you know, people have been... WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like but, the fucking US alt-right Soros yeah, conspiracy exactly, theories. Yeah, I'll tell you exactly that, you know, there was obviously a sort of, I mean, if we look at the relationships between the uh, UK and US kind of alt-right, far-right, this sort of trope about people being bussed in is something that Trump has said, for instance, and I think for serious political journalists to just say, ah, oh, you know, yeah, people have been bussed in, they've had the bus fares paid in or taxis paid in by the Labour Party, it's quite obviously a kind of nod to that and the fact yeah. that like they haven't picked up on that and not thought oh maybe i shouldn't just repeat this verbatim is just incredibly damning but i mean that's a recurrent theme of this entire mm-hmm. campaign isn't it the entire damningness of the i guess generously incompetence of our senior political journalist has been so badly exposed in this way yeah and it's not the only time that no, absolutely journalists not. have kind of laundered far-right conspiracy theories in the course of this election. There was the, I mean, uh, yeah, sorry, uh, the traitor's chart, and then there was, although Alison Pearson didn't actually end up writing uh, yeah. that article, there was also the conspiracy theory about the young child on the floor of the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw today. I don't know if you saw Ian Austin of Mainstream, the campaign against extremism. He <laughs> tweeted something like, if we're talking about tropes that have been repeated... In reply to Michael Rosen today, who questioned his sort of, I mean, I don't know, how do you describe the way in Austin behaves himself? But uh, in response to Michael Rosen, he said, Michael Rosen, he said, the boring old self-reverential whining whinger is still boringly whining and whinging on, full stop, hashtag obsessed. In response, basically, to a question being raised by Michael Rosen, and again, Michael Rosen replies, kind of pointed out the sort of, Oh, he said, I would hate to alarm Ian, but there's these 150 years of history to the anti-Semitic idea of the whining Jew. This bizarre sort of kind of horrendous behaviour of people like Ian Austin from uh, mainstream the campaign against uh, extremism has been a real characteristic of this campaign, yeah. Yeah, well, Ian Austin and Michael Rosen have been going at it for years because I think Ian Austin was on a select committee on anti-Semitism. He interviewed Michael Rosen on that and basically Michael Rosen and Ian Austin clashed because Rosen had an analysis of the Second World War that wasn't this sort of jingoism, Churchill and America saved our, Mm. you know, saved everyone, God bless our brave boys kind of thing. So they've been like going at it for years, those two and of course like total solidarity with rosen against that complete tosser yeah <laughs> man's a national treasure and ian austin is like 
who? I love Peter Oborn very, very briefly mentioned Austin in his article today and just called him something just like completely negligible or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I didn't say that, but it's just the whole thing's been horrible, really, isn't it? It's just been a really all-round thing. Of the whole way in which a lot of people have conducted themselves in this whole thing has been... I mean, regrettable is very much low ball on it, and I think to say disgusting is the kind of very least we can say really about it, yeah. Certain MPs going on TV on the eve of polling day and sticking the boot into the party for people who are campaigning for them. Yeah, I mean, the kind of instrumentalisation of this sort of thing has just been absolutely horrific, yeah. So, yeah, there was obviously the Rosie Duffield thing tonight when she went on, what was it, on... Was it on Peston or something? Yeah, I didn't actually see her on it, but I did see the edit the highlights of it, yeah. Um, yeah, same. I just don't think it's credible to state that this election has been a race to the bottom for both sides, which is what she said. Mm. That's just a complete false equivalence. I think that not only has the leadership run the campaign in, I think, a very professional and very, you know, not fucking awful and dishonest like the Lib Dems kind of manner, mm. but... But, like, the activists who have been on the ground doing the work for Labour have conducted themselves in an exemplary manner and received nothing but fucking vilification and abuse and threats and sometimes violent attacks That's the most basic failure of solidarity. No, no, I mean, again, in addition to that, complete failure. I mean, I don't know, I mean, I might have missed it, but the complete lack of any reporting on the fact that at least two elderly people have been assaulted during this campaign when they've been canvassing for the Labour Party. And, you know, again, as sort of, I think things have been kind of passed around more informally that there's at least there's been sort of things that haven't report that about there's been quite a lot of incidents that people i guess don't want to put people off against canvas and not really talk about things that have happened there's been a lot yeah. of absolutely horrendous incidents that have occurred with regards uh, people have been canvassing for the party this election just i mean since they're not going to be reported people haven't bothered kind of even trying to talk about them and you know a lot of that comes down to the kind of vilification of labor members yeah, absolutely, of yeah. portrayal of the labor grassroots as this feral baying mob by the mainstream and including the liberal press, you know? Yeah, yeah. Although it's understandable people don't want to dwell on this while the campaign is still ongoing. Yeah. Mm. Once the election's over, we've 100% got to make every effort oh, to centralise yeah. this in the discourse. And furthermore, if the fucking bastards try and turn the discourse round to these awful, beastly Corbynistas, don't fucking let them, you know? No, absolutely, yeah, completely agree, yeah. Yeah, I kind of think a lot of that should have been done after the last election, really. Yep. It's, it's bizarre that it's been allowed to be getting away with for so long. They spent two years turning the clock back, basically. That's what the last two years have been. You know, yep. everything thrown at the Labour Party to try and diminish what gains it made then. It's yeah. infuriating, really. To get to a point where we can turn around and basically act like 2017 didn't happen or it was a small minor yeah. blip or something like that. The excuse in 2017 and 18, the wreckers would wreck and they'd say, well, you know, we're on the verge of government, so we've got to wreck in order to get our house in order. And then by 2019, the wrecking had done its job and now they're like, we are not going to get into government, therefore we must wreck even more. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's kind of like hot really, isn't it? Yeah. But all right, do we have an inspiring message for people to vote Labour? Just like with our Josie Long episode at the end, I was like, let's talk about something other than which comedian is a cunt. Right. <laughs> so, Dan, why are you... I know you might not necessarily actually mm. vote for Hillary, Ben. But, Dan, why no, are you... So I'll tell you what, I've got, I've got to say, you know, in the last couple of days, I'm actually tired. I am going to vote for Hillary, Ben, despite my... I mean, I don't even... It's sort of like the words turn to ash in my mouth as I say that. I am actually going <laughs> as, to do As it. things often do with <laughs> Hillary Benn in the picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the main reason for me is I moved back to the UK about 18, 20 months ago now. Nearly two years anyway. And I mean, as, you know, I'd only been out of the country a couple of years. I've been back quite a lot. But... To see the extent of homelessness is really kind of shocking, really. And again, I mean, as my one series of election tweets said, you know, I'm 34 years old now, but I do kind of remember a time. I'm not so old that I can't remember a time when there weren't homeless people in every street. I mean, I walk, mm-hmm. it's not a long walk to work, and I must walk past 10, 15, 20 homeless people every single day. And it's just, if I'd seen this when I was, you know, when I was 15 year old, I was like, I wouldn't believe that. But I think it's, it's something that can't be allowed to kind of pass into something we just accept. I remember there was a video last election, actually, where Corbyn was asked if there's one thing you could do, one thing you could achieve within a couple of years or whatever of being prime minister. And he said, I would like to end homelessness. I think that's the thing for me, the most sort of visible, horrendous effects of austerity and not just that, but, you know, the kind of general disregard for the welfare of the people of this country and if you've ever seen a homeless person on the street you should vote Labour is my I guess my kind of short if anything over sincere reply to that yeah no 100% I totally agree with that and you know I hate fucking Blairite arseholes like Mr Ben as well but at the end of the day you know, the current epidemic of homelessness is something that's happened under the Tories yeah new Labour yeah homelessness was a problem to some extent but did Mm. not exist to the same extent as it has since 2010 yeah no it's it's absolutely correct i'm not kind of exaggerating 15 years ago i reckon you can be shocked to see a homeless person on the street if you kind of walk through even like a major city it's just the extent of it now is absolutely absolutely horrendous I mean, again, one thing I should add to that as well, that not the kind of unsincere, my sincere point, but there was that video about Corbyn talking about, oh, what I'd like to do is end homelessness. This was obviously around a time when it was like, you know, at Jeremy Corbyn, how does this stop Brexit? But someone said, oh, I thought you were about the many, not the few. There's not really very many people in this country who are homeless, whereas there's tens of millions of people who don't want Brexit to happen. I thought you were about uh, the, the many, not the few, and it's... I don't know already. It's so, it's just this. I, I can't really get my head around how horrendous it is. But yeah, yeah that uh, so much. To even think like that, you know. I, I, I don't know. It completely kind of frustrates any. It's like the whole Joe Kennedy argument about how can you engage with these people. It's about sort of minor irritations, minor ways in which you can kind of obstruct any way with engaging with these people. But yeah, on something like that, how the hell can you engage with someone who says something as willfully stupid as that? I don't it's know. It's kind of like the liberal case for Sam Guimar and against Emma Den Code <laughs> yeah. in Kensington. Yeah, again, like I say, I just do not know what to say. Yeah, <laughs> it's outrageous, man. You know, I want to edit this overnight, so I think yeah, we should yeah. wrap it up. But like, everyone, vote the 
fuck out of Labour. You know, vote early, vote often, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, finally, any thoughts on the most pivotal race of this election in Ilford South? I mean, I'm a a fan of milk milk myself, but I reckon if you're in that constituency, vote for Corbyn's candidate, you know, vote for... Vote for the clone. In fact, I think, I think, I, th- I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I say, oh, I'm a fan of milk, etc. Mike Gates, obviously, famously likes his milk. But um, I actually think Sam Tarry is the genuine milk candidate. And he comes out as milk. So if, if you, you know, yeah. whether you like Labour or whether you like milk, you should vote for Sam Tarry, Corbyn, sorry, yeah. He, sh- he should not be named Corbyn's candidate. Vote for Corbyn's candidate in Ilford South. Vote for Sam Tarry. <laughs> Come on, just... just Corbyn's just candidate. Corbyn's, Corbyn's candidate. candidate. Yeah. Vote, for, vote for Corbyn's clone. And if you can't bring yourself to vote for Corbyn's candidate, but you are a, a liberally-minded, moderate, sensible centrist, then Mr Simon Hedges, who unfortunately did not yeah. remember to actually submit his papers in time to get on the ballot for Ilford South, has advocated a tactical vote for the Conservative Party. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. As I believe the Observer have. So, <laughs> we so, don't need to talk about those cunts anymore. So, I make it with Sam Tarry having made his own Mike Gapes video about a week ago that included sort of clips from some of ours. We could very well have 24 hours or so from now two real politic fans sitting in parliament i think that's impressive (laughs) no no she's running as candidate i'm not sure that's a winnable seat although i'd obviously love to be proved wrong on that what about charlotte she likes the show doesn't she yeah and she's likely to win and she's been listening i think since long long before i I was involved with it used to follow my old account as well i don't know if she's exactly a, a fan but you know, we're, we're counting that. Yeah, that's a strong <laughs> enforcement. Yeah, we're, we're, we're taking over Parliament. This is just the start of it. <laughs> RP goo, the real gape goons, just yeah. storming into Parliament one by one. <laughs> yeah. We, we are, are Seamus's hit squads. They, they're actually right all along about the nature of the hard left. We've just been getting our Tightening getting our control. plan in place very yep. subtly for a few years sidelining moderate voices one by yep. one well that's the thing of that that silly soft left list of labor factions the other day but it was mostly just factions of the soft left they missed out they were all talking about which group stands which labor politician and there wasn't a single stands seamus milne one which just shows a fundamental misunderstanding of shitpost twitter because we yep. all want to be seamus milne <laughs> we're all little milnes <laughs> Mr. Seamus Mill and Mr. Seamus Mill. Dan, okay, do you do a little Mike Gapes impression before we sign off? <laughs> I, I have never done a Mike Gapes impression and I never will, despite rooms to the contrary. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll do one. Milk! <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> certainly an impression of an impression, yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks guys. Real Great. politics. Cheers. Vote Labour. Yeah. Even if your MPs are Blairite Melt. Yeah, agree with that just about. Thank you. <laughs> All right, maybe some exceptions, but vote Labour, basically. Yes. See you later, guys. Don't Cheers. fucking vote Lib Dem, even in Wimbledon, <laughs> Steve Coogan. Okay, <laughs> see you guys later. Yes. Right. See you. Right.
back. It's exciting. It's young people. It's crowdsourcing.